0: We're in a time in our history where it can be tempting to, uh, to ignore the plight and the voice of the least of these. I think that uh, there's a temptation in our hearts uh, and into the culture, into the uninspired culture to see people as projects or to see people as Hindrances to, to progress or economic growth. We can see people as pawns to be used for our own power. And we've seen most certainly on both sides of uh, the political spectrum that people are not regarded and honored as people. That is something that Christ alone can give us. That, that reality, that awareness, that Christ is in all things and in all people. We talked last week in this verse about uh, when we sat with this verse that um, that it just it makes sense reason that the, the, the one the benevolent being who holds all things who created all things uh, who made people in his image humanity in his image would, would want for us to treat each other and to see each other as we are seen by the one who holds us the one who created us the one who's responsible for our very existence our life and in, these, in this plea uh, this apocalyptic picture of judgment you have this plea that Christ is calling people to do things like provide for each other make sure that that you have enough to eat, enough to drink. Be a community on the earth that draws people in. It doesn't throw them aside whether they be in prison or whether they be sick. That effort to visit and to draw in. Fellowship, provision, presence. Jesus exhibited everything that Christ is to us, among us, through us, in our world. And when he told those who came after him, what he said about the coming of the Holy Spirit is that you will, by the power of the Holy Spirit, become what I am, the body of Christ. He told his followers the same things that you've seen me do, the same miracles, the same compassion, the same Words of healing and restoration that you've seen flow from me will flow from you by the power of the Spirit. It's nothing that you can do on your own. I'm going to do it for you if you open your heart to me. And that's what we've seen in the book of Acts. We've seen the church brilliant and beautiful, unhindered, learning to be that which they are the body of Christ. And and I've said several times, it's come up in prayer as we've prayed for this community that we too are learning to walk as the body of Christ in these times. I love what Olayinka Obasanya said when he was with us. He said, these days are days of grace, that the Spirit of God is drawing us back, calling us to repent, calling us to lament. We say it every Sunday, most Sundays. We confess those things that we have done and that which we have not done. To draw us back into that reality of being the body of Christ on the earth. That's what it's about. It's about this mysterious spiritual act. We talked um, in the podcast and kind of uh, we're, we're just sitting with this going, how can we even begin to grasp what Jesus is saying here? The church has. Because the church in the baptismal covenant, the, it, when you walk through the doors of the church, what the church says to every person that would walk through the door is this: will you seek to serve Christ and all people? That's something that kind of like breaks our evangelical theology apart. Christ is in all people. It didn't say like the redeemed, the moral, the Republicans, the Democrats. It didn't say anything like that. The good looking, the out of shape. <laughs> there was no qualifications for that, for that. It was it was will you seek to serve Christ in all people? that's all we're left with. That's the charge that the church for hundreds and hundreds of years has seen fit to, to place in front of every person who would come through the door of the church. Will you seek to serve Christ in all people? You don't get to decide. It's also to say that Christ is somehow present in every human being, that every human being has worth beyond measure. Every child, every elderly person, every least of these in our society has immeasurable worth. We're called into this this reality, this way of being, this way of seeing that is supernatural. It's not like something that you can check off a theological or doctrinal list. Remember when Nicodemus came to, to Jesus in the, in the dead of night, he came because his heart was being awoken to beauty. He saw Christ in Jesus and he, and he came to Jesus and he said, like, you know, how do I get in? I'm like, how do I transfer into, into salvation, into the kingdom of God? And he says, you have to be born again. And then Nicodemus is trying to understand it, you know, with his rational mind. Like, I can't do, I can't be born again. Like, I can't crawl back into my mother's womb is what he says be born again and Jesus says to this he says he says how can you not see you know the law and the prophets you you're a man of God you're a teacher of of religious law and how can you not see and Jesus goes in this whole thing about the spirit he says it's like the wind you feel the spirit you can sense when the spirit is moving but you can't tell where the spirit come is coming from where the spirit's going like it's a mystery in a sense. You th- you think you see, but you don't see. We see that all throughout the prophets. That the blind would be, that the, those who think they can see would be made blind and the blind would then see. Stephen, in his defense, right before he was killed, before the religious leaders of the day, they were so mad that he was talking about the presence of Christ that, that, that broke through the law and the temple. And he was pleading with them. He led them through the whole history of the people of God. And he said, God is always working in places besides the temple, besides the, the, form, the formal gathering place or whatever you want to call it. He's always out there. He's in burning bushes, Stephen says. He's in pillars of cloud. He's the one that's present to David in the midst of darkness where where David says, no, there is no darkness that you aren't there with me. We see Jesus in his life, he's he's always outside where he's supposed to be. You know what I mean? He's always on the streets. He's always in the houses of sinners. He's with prostitutes. He's with the sick. He's with the lame. Stephen was trying to say, You think you see, but you can't see, you're missing it. There's this theme throughout all of Scripture. Paul talks about it when he talks about our journey uh, coming into Christ, and he says, You can't, you have to literally have the mind of Christ. You have to have like the mind of Christ in order to see as Christ sees and to perceive as Christ perceives, to be who you really are as the body of Christ. So you hear it again. Lord, when did we ever see you naked? When did we ever see you in prison? When did we see you without food or drink? When did we see you? You see, but you cannot see. Because the reality is, Jesus says to them, when you passed by the least of these, when you left them, when you disregarded them, you left them hungry when you left them thirsty when you left them alone you were doing that to me you think you see but you don't see I think one of the biggest things the the invitation we have as the church in these days is to say give me your eyes that I would see people as you see people that i would see though i can't understand it i can't explain it but the reality revealed throughout all scripture from the person of jesus through christ in the church through the prophets is that christ indwells every single person that christ holds all things together and our invitation, as it has been through the book of Acts, as it has been as Paul in the epistles to the church, it has been in the prophets, open yourself to the presence of God in you, to Christ among you, in you, through you, that you would see. As we, um, As we've prayed as a leadership, about this community. The thing that we just have fire on and peace on is that we would have the eyes of Christ, that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would have the words of Christ, the ears of that Christ would be our filter, our lens, our everything as we walk through these days. It is so tempting to sell ourselves to some lesser goal of man be it a political agenda, be it a program, why those things are good and right and redemption comes through political agendas and programs and and all that stuff. Those aren't our eyes and they're not our ears and they're not our primary, primary ways of perceiving the world and responding to people. It's a mysterious practice. It's a spiritual practice to come and offer the whole of ourselves and say, Jesus, fill me. Spirit of God, take the whole of who I am as you said you would. Everyone who knocks, everyone who seeks, everyone who asks receives the Holy Spirit. There's no exceptions. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I would see as you see. That we would be Christ to every single person we come into contact with, both individually and as a community. And let that take us on the wildest, most glorious, most beautiful, scariest, risky journey together as a church. Let's do it. This community is truly, truly beautiful. Every single one of you. I think I know like a little bit about most of your stories. And this is what you're about. You're about opening yourself up to the beautiful one. To see Christ among you in every person and everything that you're perfectly held at every moment. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know doing my job an uh, exhortation and we just felt before we take a break for, for Labor Day that we should just be together open ourselves up together to the wonder and the beauty of Christ and what he says that we are as his body Amen